is up, everybody? Love you guys. Check this out. This is the Bowman Legacies podcast brought to you by Grizz Waller. Yes, author Grizz Waller getting ready to come out with his new book, Selfish Acts of Righteous Men, a Wild West sci-fi action thriller that will put you on your ear. I have personally read the book and love it. We are also brought to you by Bowman Legacies. Making the world better for blue-collar people, one CEO at a time. And I just want to take a second here to talk about Bowman Legacies and what we do. We do things on the corporate level, and we also do things on the personal level. We are a personal life coaching company that helps you to move forward and grow in life. And we are also a personal or a business and culture coaching company. So uh, some of our corporate contracts, we're doing things like helping people with their social media and representing their companies to the world. Uh, Other organizations we're helping right now just kind of research the true culture and define the current states of the culture and then finding those underlining trends that are ruining good culture within their organization. So without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and continue on. Today, I don't have a guest but rather just going to be talking myself here. I think I'm going to kind of do that as we as we get going. Maybe one I, I have a guest slotted for the next one. So just do one me, then one uh, with a guest. Last week we had my my beautiful wife, uh, my best friend on the podcast. And I wanted to start with my first guest being her. And I want to be very open about my po- uh, podcast with her. We were going to, we actually did two versions of that podcast. And in one, we talked about a little bit more about her past and her upbringing. And so I want to touch on that right now. And I, and, and it totally segues into what I want to talk about today. Today, I want to talk about choosing joy and choosing to be an encourager. You know, my wife, when she was very little, was horribly molested as a child. Uh, as a matter of fact, she suffered as a child growing up and even as a young adult, every type of torturous um, abuse a female can uh, or a child can suffer from. And though these things are true, she chose to be joyful and she chose to move forward. Within her, she chose. She chose. And I think that's such a powerful lesson. She didn't look at all the negatives that her life was bringing to her. She didn't focus on those things, but rather what made her successful, made her booked five and six months in advance, uh, made uh, news anchors and models come to her to get their hair done. And still to this day, cuts hair on a high level and, and colors on a high level was the fact that she was willing to choose. She was willing to choose in the midst of the most horrible circumstances to be the best Anita that she could possibly be. This is powerful. This is so essentially true. This is so logical. If you look at it in the most primitive sense, think of it this way. You're an animal and you have to survive in the wild. If you focus on the fact that you're a slow runner and you're missing a canine and you're, uh, you're, you only have half a tail, <laughs> you're never going to move forward. You know, today I want to be very transparent and open about my life and very transparent and open about my situation that I'm currently in. And then I want to be very open and honest with you about what I'm choosing to do. When I was younger, I didn't or I wasn't raised with the most positive influences in my life. Um, 
I was also sexually molested as a child. I was physically molested as a child. Um, I dealt with suicidal thoughts when I was young and tendencies. Um, when I was probably about 19 or 20, I suffered from a nervous breakdown. And, um, when I look at that, I went through those things very much alone and very much by myself. And at that time in my life, I chose to look at those things and focus on, focus on them in such a negative manner that I became such an arrogantly violent human being. And I chose to put people down. I chose to point the finger at people. I chose to accentuate what this person was doing wrong and what that person was doing wrong. And I chose to think about the person that wronged me here and the person that wronged me there. And I chose to held, hold grudges. And I chose to make myself literally miserable. It was a choice. As some of you out there right now are listening and you're thinking to yourself, it's not a choice. It's something that happens and I'm angry. Well, you have every right to be angry, but you do not have the right to destroy yourself. You, so often we are bitter against situations and other people that aren't even giving us the second thought. Whether that's an ex or, or somebody at work, they're not thinking about how they wronged you. And yet it's keeping you up at night and yet it's hurting you and bothering you. But you have chosen to allow that situation to dominate your thoughts. And white knuckled, you've decided to hold on to that thing and be bitter because you have every right to be. Let me tell you something, that mentality is going to destroy you. And I experienced that first handedly. I remember feeling like I had to be tough. I remember feeling like I had to push the world away. I remember telling my own wife, I don't need you. I want you to be around. Anytime you want to leave, just walk out the door because I don't need you. Because I chose to hold on to the bitternesses and the pains of hurts of yesterday. And instead of choosing to be positive, instead of choosing to focus on the beautiful things of my life, I chose to be hateful. Instead of choosing to be an encourager, I was constantly putting people down and hurting people. It amazes me. And often I've said this. And what's so funny, someone listening today, Tim Zeger, who, who edits these sound bites for me, I mistreated you. <laughs> there were times where I was so mean to you because that's how I was raised. That was the life that I chose to, to, to lash back out at the world. And yet you're still my friend. We have another friend named Ty that, that Tim knows. And I was horrible to Ty at times. And yet still we talk and we openly talk about how we love each other. There's another uh, young man named Luke who listens to the podcast who Tim also knows that I, I was mean to him at times. And yet he's still my friend. And it means so much to me to have these people still in my life to see the changes that have blossomed within me and the fact that I've grown and moved forward. But in spite of growing and moving forward, I want to be very open to you about the current state of my life. Now, I want to say this is not a way of being braggadocious or, or making you feel sorry for me because that's not the way I'm choosing to see it. A few years ago, I, as a matter of fact, young in my, our marriage, my wife and I discovered that I had some health issues. 
We didn't know where they came from, and doctors couldn't explain why. I went from being able to do the full splits, cook a nine-foot ceiling, run three miles in a dead sprint, being very fit, very in shape, and very passionate about martial arts and very passionate about uh, being in shape, uh, very passionate about fighting to literally not being able to get off the couch. We didn't have any clue what was going on. And at the time, the condition alpha-gal was not a thing. People didn't know about it all that well. Literally 23 years later, um, I get a diagnosis of alpha-gal. Alpha-gal is a condition uh, often caused by a tick bite. For me, they believe that I've had it since I was probably very young, where I cannot process mammalian products of any kind. And when you get older and you start to go into a type of anaphylactic shock uh, from this, you had no idea how many products it's actually in. My condition causes me to go into shock sometimes several times in a day. Um, and it's a gastrointestinal type of anaphylaxis. And so it uh, causes an extreme amount of fatigue. It causes your emotions to go out of whack in every element that you can possibly imagine. The, the most severe anger, the most darkest depression, uh, the most fearful anxiety, it produces these things and inflammation in every joint that I have. And so there's chronic pain that I go through constantly. Um, another situation that I have in my life is also blood clots. My body is producing blood clots and they believe that I've had a very large to moderate blood clot in my lungs for a considerable amount of time. I also have one in my leg right now that runs from the back of my knee to my ankle. I have another condition that also, I know this is like the cat, you know, as we go through this, take a deep breath every once in a while, because I have to, you know, it's like that dog that has no ear and, you know, it has one eye and uh, three legs and half a tail and it hails to the name Lucky, right? So I also have, moving on, I also have a condition that causes um, my intestines not to keep up with the volume of my stomach. And doctors really don't know why that's happening to me right now, that they cannot uh, describe it. They, um, the lupus anticoagulant that I, that produces, um, the blood clots is also an issue, but they think these all kind of coincide and they can't tell me why. Uh, another issue that I have is muscle cramping, uh, really bad. Uh, I have muscles in my shoulders, lower back that cramp. I have two, uh, because of a raucous lifestyle. And as a young man, I have two bulging discs in my neck and two in my lower back. Uh, when the spasms, muscle spasms happen, they actually press on nerves that cause my left arm to curl up and me to openly scream. And it's because those nerves that they're touching on is causing me to do that. The pain is uh, unbelievable. Uh, in those moments, I can't drive. I can't do anything. I just curl up on the floor in the fetal position and just just try to, to, to manage the pain the best that I can. Um, I also have what's called central sleep apnea, which happens even while I'm awake, that my brain doesn't engage my lungs when I'm at rest. And so when I'm sleeping at night, uh, I gasp for air. There's long periods of time where my lungs just will not engage and I, and, and I wake up. And so I have to wear a sleep apnea machine. Another condition that I also have is an irregular heartbeat. So I have an apnea that gets set off from my allergies. 
Uh, there's another thing. Not only do I have food allergies, I also have seasonal allergies that act the same way. And they're so severe that they cause me to, um, have extreme, um, uh, fatigue, sudden extreme fatigue. So all those, (laughs) all those things and mentioning all those things to you, the, the chronic pain, the chronic agony that I'm constantly in and it's nonstop. I have to deal with it daily. So I have a choice to make. I have a choice. I can choose today to be sad. I can choose today to feel bitter that I can't do the things that I, that I've always wanted to do. Um, I love to lift weights. I love to run and I love, love what, what I call bag work. So the, uh, punching the, uh, the, the large punching bag or a speed bag is something that I absolutely adore doing. Um, I'm not very good at it. But when I was younger, I was excellent at the speed bag, uh, in my journey of deciding that, hey, you know what, I know I can't do these things regularly, but I'm going to try. Uh, my hand-eye coordination was so bad because of the nerve problems that um, I couldn't hit the speed bag consistently. I can hit it once, but when it came back on the revolution, I couldn't hit it again. And it took me, it took me, it's, it's, it's hard for me to say this openly, it took me almost a month to be able to hit the bag consecutively one thing after another to get it to go right, to, to move right. I literally had to start doing something that I was excellent at and can literally blur the bag. I can make the bag back to where you could almost not even see it and, and react and move so well. I, to a point to where I, I had to just barely tap it and tap it in a rhythm with it not actually making the full cycle back. Now, if you've looked at my LinkedIn posts or my Instagram or my YouTube, you've seen me uh, do the the punching bag, right? You know, and and you've seen me do the speed bag and it doesn't look beautiful. It's actually quite slow. And and I've said many times, this is not like a Mike Tyson moment where I say, I'm back. It is, is nothing like that. It's I'm moving forward. I'm choosing to move forward. You have to do this. This is so essential about life is moving forward. Because if you stand still, you get run over and you get run over, not by other people, but by yourself, your own inactivity. And so you've got to start somewhere. And where I start is when I needed encouragement in times of feeling sick and not even being able to hold a regular job down. And, and, and starting Bowman Legacies has been such a blessing because I can create my own schedule and at the same time pour into people's lives. I decided to be a professional encourager, whether I'm getting paid for it or not. As a matter of fact, Bowman Legacies takes on free clients as part of what we do. People who just need our help and we jump in there with them for free. Saturday, I devoted... Uh, two and a half hours to someone whom I love deeply and admire and, uh, and who gives me great joy just to help them in this moment and this time in their life, knowing the full well that they'll, they'll pay it forward. They're going to do it for someone else. Uh, I have another client that, um, that's starting her business. And instead of charging her the corporate fees, I saw where she was at and literally we charge her, um, not even a tenth of what we would normally charge another business for for what we pour into our, her life. And we're so excited about watching her move forward and grow. It's been beautiful. So in that, when I am sad and I'm hurting and I'm feeling bad for myself because I used to be an athlete 
and I used to feel good about myself. I had the possibility of possibly having a, a, a semi-professional martial arts career. And that was the goal when all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I get hit with this thing. And one day I'm jogging three miles a day. One day I, I am sparring for two hours and, and one day I can do the splits the very next day. I'm stove up, curled up on the bed, hurting throwing up, not being able to eat food, that my energy level is completely gone, having problems in every area of my life physically. Then I chose to allow it to depress me and anger me. Now I choose, I choose joy. In the mornings, it takes me almost two hours to be cognitive. (laughs) In other words, it takes me a long time. I have to set like five alarms. Because of the sleep apnea and because of the extreme fatigue that I go through and the, the chronic sleep deprivation, waking up in the morning is very hard. And because my stomach, my body doesn't absorb the nutrients, I don't feel things a lot of the times like joy. I feel very disconnected from the world around me. But as we continue on this journey, my wife and I, and we're eating better and I'm going more towards the vegan diet. And as I, I go over one more hurdle, we're going to, I'm probably going to start some intermittent fasting, but I have to, I have to get some things in order first. And I start to feel better. And my sense of smell that's been gone for almost 15 years is starting to come back. And, and I was starting to experience more things and feel more alive. As this journey is happening, before it started to even get where I am now, I had to choose. I had to choose joy. I had to choose to start to encourage and uplift other people. And by doing this, by pouring myself out even more, when I felt like I had nothing left, it's given me strength. By seeing how my life joined with another person affects them in such a way that can encourage them to move forward, encourages me. I have a, um, a person that, uh, a client of ours here at Bowman Legacy that I call the Dragon Slayer. And soon I, I have a gift for him that I'm, I'm sending to him. But this man has been such an encouragement to me watching him go through his life, watching with the encourage. The, the courage that he has, watching with the, the, the exuberance of helping other people that he has. And then he's drawn a line in the sand in his life and said, you know, I know I've got a lot of hardships, but I'm choosing to move forward. Look, I know that you might feel desperate right now, whether that's in your business and things just aren't going well. Maybe there's been a, a change of leadership or culture and you can't pinpoint why people say it sucks to work here. I understand that discouragement. I understand what it's like when you have opposing cultures within your organization that are constantly fighting and bumping heads against each other and nothing ever comes to fruition. Nothing ever moves forward. You feel like you have these moments of moving forward and then you plateau again and then you just stay stale and those leaps moving forward aren't quite enough just to keep you going and encouraged. I know what it's like that in your own life, you're actually doing things that are contrary to what you believe. And that you're hurting yourself and others that you share life with. I know what it's like to feel like my wife is going to leave me at any moment because I'm such a loser or I'm not where I need to be. I know what it's like to have such a fragile ego that that um, I didn't like it when my wife looked at and admired other men as they walked past because I had to be the one, right? I know what it's like to feel down because your health is so poor that you can't literally move. 
I know what it's like when you have jobs at home that you need to do and, and a job that you have to go to, and yet you're so down and in so much pain. I know what it's like to be in so much pain to throw up. I know what it's like to be in so much pain that you throw up and then you pass out. I know what it's like to have migraines so bad that you don't even want to hear sound around you, that you feel like everything is pressing down on you and crushing you. I know what it's like to go into your bedroom and put the covers over your head because the light in the room is just absolutely destroying you. But I also know what it's like to be in that place and go, damn it, I'm not taking this anymore. I have children who love me and need me. Damn it, I'm not taking this anymore. I have a wife who needs me to engage. Damn it, I'm not taking this anymore. I'm fighting back. I have a family to feed. I have a career to move forward. And I have people in this world to pour myself into and help. Look, you can't stand there and wait for a hero. You can be your own hero, but you got to stand up. We're standing out here and I'm looking at you right now, leaning on the ropes in your corner, and I'm saying, get up. Get up. Get up, get up, get up. You can do this. And today you can choose joy, even though you don't feel joy. You can choose joy, even though other people aren't making you joyful. You can choose joy, even though it's raining or even though it's hot, even though the sun's too bright. <laughs> I don't know what your issue is or life is just falling apart. Maybe it's a divorce. Maybe you've lost your job because of COVID. Maybe you got fired for the wrong reasons, whatever it is today, I guarantee you, you can choose joy. And what that takes in that first step is to take that deep breath, focusing it out and smiling. That's the first step, putting a smile on your face, even though it doesn't belong there. Even that act in of itself can make you laugh. And then choose to be an encourager. Our world right now is on fire, literally. I have a client who lives in California, and he told me that during the day, the sky in the distance was red. And at night, it glows red. His world is literally on fire. He's one of the most positive, forward-thinking people I've ever met. He talked about uh, uh, having to save his in-laws and his brother-in-law and get them out of their house because you know, all these houses were burning down around them. And luckily for them, their houses were saved. But still, he said it in such a way that he had a smile on his face. He had joy in his heart because he chooses joy. How beautiful of a thing is that? Now, I'm not saying that you just walk around ignorantly and you've got a pit bull on your leg and he's just gnawing away. He's just, just chewing at your leg and you're like, man, everything's great. <laughs> wow, geez, man, life is so great, man. I'm meditating today and me and the stars are aligned and everything's great. I got my crystals and everything is great, man. No, I'm not saying that. And I'm not saying that I have anything against crystals or meditation or anything like that, if that's your gig. What I'm saying is you take care of that pit bull, right? But even though he's chewing on your leg doesn't mean that that situation that you've got to just handle it so white knuckled and hate life through it. 
And isn't pain like that? Isn't pain in life like that pit bull that won't go away because his jaw is locked? Isn't hurt that way? I remember talking to a friend of mine whose wife divorced him. And she left him for, for, for good reasons. They weren't getting along and he knew it. He was being honest. He owned all of it. But he said, after it was all over and everything was signed, he said, I'm on the courthouse lawn and my legs gave away. The next thing I know, I'm in the fetal position crying because I noticed and I see what all I lost all at once. It became so real to me. His own legs gave out. And this guy's a powerful dude, man. He's a strong human being. But he couldn't handle that. But he didn't stay there on the courthouse lawn, wrapped up in the fetal position. He knew he had to get up. So I want to talk real quickly about grieving and how important grieving is in the process of finding joy. You've got to allow yourself to cry. I, we were, I was raised in the post-John Wayne era, right? Men don't cry. Men are tough. You get up. Quit being a girl, people would say. Um, I had people that were directly over me that would say, you know, uh, keep crying. I'll give you a reason to cry, right? If you keep crying, I'm going to give you a reason to cry. And that was the most ignorant thing that could have been done to me as a child, because what it did was not allow me to grieve properly. Crying and grief and feeling grief is the human's body and to heal. It's the human spirit's ability and and mechanism to heal you. So crying and getting through it is important, but staying in grief is what cripples you for life. I don't care what your situation is. I don't care where you are in this world. If you allow yourself to sit amongst grief, you'll never survive. You hear about soldiers all the time, and, and I love my country. I love our flag and what it should represent. I don't love everything our country's done, but I love our countrymen. I love our service people, um, red, yellow, black, white. I think you are all precious in a sight. And I love you. And I thank you for your service and what you've done for us. But we hear stories about soldiers losing other soldiers, but carrying on about fighting anyway. Uh, I was watching uh, Joe Rogan the other day and they were talking, a soldier was talking about how he was trying to pull another soldier out of harm's way, even though he was already dead. <laughs> how do you move on from that? You grieve. How do you move on from those extreme things? You grieve. How do you get along, move forward from seeing war? How do you move forward from a divorce? How do you move forward from the firing? How do you move forward on and on and on and on? You allow yourself to grieve. You talk about it. You put it out there in the open and you stop feeling the shame of it and realize that you're just human that you're not expected to be perfect, that you're going to fail, you're going to fall down. But why not fall forward? In other words, as you're falling, know that you're going to get back up. Know that you're going to move forward. Be that type of person that no matter what the cost, move forward. Engage. Especially if you're a family leader or a team leader or a manager or a CEO, president of a company. If you fall down, you got to get up because there are others looking at you as their example to life. There are others looking to you for solidarity. There are others looking for you to lead. If you're a leader today, get up. Get up. 
you can do this and choose joy. Choose to be an encourager. I was talking to a great guy today who, who may become a potential client one day. And as we were talking, we were just talking about choosing to encourage others on your team. And I remember a, 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 him just talking about encouraging other salesmen. And one of the guys says, I don't do encouragement. But the others that did, their sales were higher. And the salesmen that were under them produced on a higher level. <laughs> because they were joyful. Because they felt like that they were nurtured and cared for. And they worked at a higher level because they believed with all their heart that they were part of something greater than themselves. This is powerful. This is so powerful to choose to lead, to choose to love, to choose joy, and choose to be an encourager. Have you ever worked with that person that was always negative? I remember I worked with a guy who, uh, we were maintenance men. <laughs> and I came in one morning and I was like, hey, brother, how are you this morning? And he looked at me and he said, I'm most likely kill myself. I hate my life. I hate my parents. I hate everything about this world and everything in it. It was the first thing he said to me in the morning. Now, knowing him, he had no intentions of taking his life. He was just mean. And he'd gotten mean by focusing on all the negatives in his life instead of look how extremely and unbelievably talented the young man was. To look around all the people around him that were looking for him to lead because he was just one of those natural guys who people looked at and wanted to follow. He was so dynamic. He just had this way about him that caused people to want to just like, yeah, I'll hang out with this dude. I want to see what, where, where, this, where this goes. He had that dynamic where he could stand up and like, everybody with me, and everybody would follow him. People are watching you, and not in a stalker, spooky way. People are watching you and looking at you as an example, and especially if you're a leader or a parent. So if you're a parent right now and you're going through hardship, whatever it is, your kids are looking at you and they're going to catch more than they learn from you. In other words, the things that you might be saying coming out of your mouth, if you're doing the opposite, they learn that behavior. They learn that behavior. I was taught very young to be very negative all the time. The words were, you need to be positive. You need to, you need to talk about your feelings. You need to not yell. You need to not shout. But when those things were constantly being inundated to me in my life, I became that person. But when you become an adult, it's time to stop making excuses for your behavior. It's time to stop making excuses about what this person and that person did. And it's time to start looking inwardly and face your dragons. You've got dragons in your life, but they don't represent someone else. They represent you. When I used to counsel, I, I counseled a young man who had gotten married to a wife that was abusive. And when I mean abusive, she would literally go off and beat him. And he would put his hands down to his side and allow the abuse to happen. He wouldn't even walk away. And I asked him, I was like, why, why do you let her do that to you? Why do you allow that? Well, I don't want to hurt her and I don't want to go to jail. And I was like, well, that makes sense. But why don't you just walk out of the house? Well, I, I, don't, I don't know. Well, why don't you invest in you and realize the greatness that lies within you? And that's where it starts. And I had to bring him to a place to understand that he didn't deserve what was going on. And I'm here to tell you whatever it was. I have another friend of mine who 
talked about himself as a, in, in the child form and wished that he could go back and talk to himself. Now, I, I wish I could do that. I wish I could look at young Michael and go, Michael, I'm proud of you. I wish that I could go back and encourage him and say, hey, man, look, stop thinking about, stop planning your suicide. Don't do those illicit drugs. You're better than this. You've got this. You've got greatness that lies within you. I wish that someone had chosen to be an encourager, that someone had chosen to be joyful around me and encouraged me to do that next right thing. I wish someone would have taken me under their wing and mentored me and grown me. But I was very alone for a long time. I met a wonderful woman and I'm married to her still. And even so, in all those moments in our marriage where she had a right to leave, I had a right to leave, we chose joy. We chose to encourage each other. We chose not to sit there and put the other under a microscope and realize that we were deeply flawed as well. We chose joy. We chose to move forward. We chose to encourage each other. And that's what builds lifelong uh, uh, friendships. That's what builds a healthy marriage. That's what builds a healthy team at work. That's what builds a healthy home life. Is constantly pushing forward to wave that flag of your endeavor and encourage. I met a young man one time who told me, I get forward every morning with a, with a lot of caffeine and a whole lot of hate. And even though he meant that to be funny, there's a lot of truth to that. And all the hate in the world, I'm telling you, is only driving us apart, both as a world and as a nation. I mean, look where we're at. And everyone's expected to take a side. And there's few voices of reason. Well, I'm going to tell you what that voice of reason is. That voice of reason is love, encouragement, joy. That's the voice of reason. The rhetoric of fear only creates more fear and violence. If you look at your life right now and it's a mess, what have you been listening to? What voices in your head have you been listening to? What voices in your life have you chosen to listen to? And some of you might say, look, I don't have the voice of joy in my head. Get it. Listen to every encouraging Ed Milet podcast. Watch Gary V. Let these people encourage you and pour into you. I'm going to tell you right now, Ed Milet is a powerhouse of encouragement. If you have to, Tony Robbins. If, you, if you're a believer, whatever your faith may be, Allow that faith to encourage you so that you may encourage others. And it takes time. It takes time because th there's been studies about how the body gets addicted to grief, how it gets addicted to sadness, how it gets addicted to drama. You ever met that person in your life that will just drum up drama? They'll just create drama in their life, even though everything's great. I had a friend of mine said, what, you don't implode your life every five years <laughs> like me? Look. I want you, you to, to listen to me. Young Michael's out there. <laughs> Young Anita's out there. If no one's poured into your life, let me first say I'm sorry. Let me apologize for their inability to see how great you truly are. Let me stand in the gap and be man enough, be human enough to say what they should have said a long time ago. Please forgive me. I was blind. I see greatness in you. And to be great and to build that legacy that will far surpass your legend, you've got to choose 
joy. You've got to choose to be an encourager. You've got to choose to see the greatness in other people. No matter how small, no matter how much of a flicker, no matter how much of a slight little dim glimmer, seek it out and feed it. Fan those flames in others and yours will grow naturally. Yes, I encourage you to read. I encourage you to, to, to find encouragement in great things, uh, in great books and other people. But you have to do it within yourself first. All the books in the world isn't going to do it. I'm sorry, it's just not. I once heard a preacher say, you're no more a Christian by being in a church than you are a car by standing in a garage. What he meant by that was you have to make the choice first. You've got to make the choice first. And personally, I'll say this. I've met some of the most wicked, most lying, backstabbing people in the church. And that's just the honest truth. That's the way it is, guys. Love me for it. Hate me for it. There it is. I have met some of the most awful, horrendous, manipulative people in the supposed house of God than I ever have in the corporate world. And so, it starts with you. No amount of reading, no amount of podcasts, no amount of anything is going to change you completely until that spark happens and you look in yourself and say, I'm better than this. My daughter said, get up, put on your makeup, put a smile on your face. She told me the other day at 16, she said, you know, for a long time, I've been very depressed and I've been very low. And what I don't realize is that I've been digging my own grave and digging and digging and digging. And it's time for me to put down the shovel. Oh my God, how powerful is that? It's time for me to put down the shovel at 16 years old. She's taking extreme ownership over her own life and saying, it's time for me to put down the shovel. She didn't look at, my, at me and say, dad, it's time for you to put down the shovel. You're digging my grave. Look what you did. Look what you didn't let me do. Mom, I'm so mad at you and bitter at you. Life, world, boss, COVID. If you want to live a life of joy, you've got to choose it. And that's all there is to it, guys. If you want encouraged, then you need to start encouraging others and pour yourself into others. If you want to grow, then read. Listen to podcasts and be intentional about your growth. Don't be flipping about it. Be intentional. Plan it out. Put times aside for you. Ed Milet says this. It's nothing original to me. And I started doing it years ago, or a year ago. And, and I love it. The first 30 minutes that I get up, I don't look at my phone. I don't let that thing command me. And 30 minutes before I go to bed, I don't look at it. I don't touch it. So it's not inundated in my mind so I can actually get some decent sleep. And there's all kinds of things that we could talk about. Health. Good health, a good, a healthy body is often a healthy mind. You know, a healthy mind is a healthy soul. We could go through all those things and we can talk about the things, your, your food choices and, and sleep and all those things. But first and foremost, the first thing, the place where it starts is with you. Do you know, I look in the mirror every day and I speak over myself good things. It's very simple for me to rattle off all the bad things I think of myself. I don't need a script for that. I can do it. No problem. I can do it so quickly, it's unbelievable. Because these are the things that were spoke to me all my life. But you know what's hard for me? 
to speak the good things. I actually have to read it off. <laughs> I have to read it. But that's okay. I saw, heard a beautiful story, and I think I've mentioned this before, about um, Evander Holyfield. And when he was young, he was scrawny, malnourished kid, getting picked on, and his mom got him into boxing. And he had no way of saying that he would be a wealthy man one day or the heavyweight champion of the world. He had no right to say those things. But every day he looked in the mirror and said, I am the heavyweight champion of the world. Not I will be. He said, I am the heavyweight champion of the world. How powerful is that to be positive and choose joy in those moments and speak out things as if they were that aren't? The old story about Thomas Edison and, and some 2,000 patents burning down his life worth work burning down in a warehouse. And he looked to his son. He said, son, go get your mother. And his son said, why, dad? Thomas Edison just simply said, because she's never going to see a fire quite like this in all her life. <laughs> he chose joy. He chose to be positive. He chose to be encouraging in the darkest moment. It sounds counterintuitive. Shouldn't I be yelling? Shouldn't I be screaming? Shouldn't I be mad? Don't I have the right? And all these things go into our mind. But your bad attitude is not just bringing you down. It's bringing the others around you in life down with you. It's like a drowning victim pulling other people under the water. But just like Robin Hood and Little John, stand up because you don't have to drown. The water is not that deep. Stand up. Choose joy. Choose to be encourager. Choose life today. Choose love today. And you'll build a legacy that will far surpass your legend. I love you guys. I hope this poured into your life and helped you in some way. Remember that we are brought to you by Bowman Legacies, making life better. One CEO at the time. We're both business coaching and culture coaching and personal coaching. We're also brought to you by Grizz Waller. He's getting ready to put his first book out on Amazon called Selfish Acts of Righteous Man, a Wild West sci-fi that will turn you on your ear. I love you guys. Have a great week and God bless you.